we're in a series called Restored, where we're looking at Matthew chapter 9, and we're seeing how Jesus restored people emotionally, how he restored them physically, but he also restored them spiritually as well. And we're going to be looking at a, a story in the Bible of a religious leader who calls upon Jesus to heal his, his uh, sick daughter. In the, in the midst of going to Jairus' daughter, there's a woman that comes up through the crowd because wherever Jesus was, there was a crowd. And so she pushes her way through the crowd and she reaches in and she touches the, the hem of his robe, this tassel, this, this fringe of his robe. And she goes and she goes, if I just touch it, I'll be healed. Now, the reason why it was so important for her to be healed is that she had been living with bleeding for 12 years. And the Bible says that doctors, they, they didn't know what to do. And they, they had actually, she'd spent all of her money in Mark chapter 5, spent all of her money on doctors. And the problem was not only did she not get better, she actually got worse. And so she's desperate. She's needing God's touch. She's needing God's healing. And if you're here this morning, maybe you need God's healing. Maybe there's something in your life physically that you're going, God, I just feel like there's nothing that the doctors have been able to do, and I just need your healing touch. Maybe you need something emotionally. You're dealing with some, some PTSD, some post-traumatic stress dis disorder, or you're dealing with anxiety or depression or some emotional issue that you just feel like, like I'm never going to be normal, feel good inside. And Jesus is inviting you to touch him. Maybe you're here today and you're seeking the Lord. You're going, I, I, don't, I, I know about this Christianity thing. I've got one foot over here and I'm kind of like dabbling my foot over here and I'm not sure I'm all in. And maybe today is you going all in and saying, I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus. See, Jesus wants to bring healing to your life. He wants to bring blessing and he wants to restore. And so as we open up our Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter nine Starting in verse 18, I'm going to read uh, the two, these two accounts. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come put your hand on her and she will live again. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did the, the disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I can only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread, throughout, uh, spread through all that region. And so in the story, you have this, the, the leader of the synagogue. He's kind of like the pastor of the town. He's got status. He's probably got some resources. He's an important guy in that particular culture. And so Jesus is going to heal his daughter. And then you've got on contrasting him with this woman who is bleeding. Now, in the Levit Levitical law, in Leviticus chapter 15, 
Anyone who was bleeding would be considered unclean. And so whatever she touched would be considered unclean. She sat down, so it would be unclean. If she touched something, it would be unclean. And so she lived as an outcast in that society. She was kind of like the leper, where she would have to go around saying, I'm unclean. She couldn't even go around the crowds. Think about how isolated and lonely she would have felt. And so she's in this state, perpetual state of shame, of suffering, of pain. And she reaches through. And so I want to give you three application steps for your life personally that we can take from this story. So if you're taking notes, the first application step is this, is that we need to reach out to Jesus in faith. We need to reach out to Jesus in faith. He sees her faith. That's what we see throughout Matthew chapter 9, right? He sees their faith, and he heals them. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up with him and went with him, and so did the disciples. What I love about that part of the story, Jarius, is that he's actually interceding on behalf of his daughter. He cares so much about her daughter. And by faith, he's saying, and, and there's other stories, other accounts in the Gospels that says that he's on his way, and then some people come and they tell Jesus, or tell uh, Jarius, hey, your daughter has died. So when J Jarius originally comes to Jesus, he thinks like, oh, man. But then he, he must hear the story. He must hear the news and say, even though she's died, I want you to come heal her. He's desperate for Jesus' touch. He's desperate. And sometimes it's in our desperation that we cry out to God in faith because we've got nowhere where else to go. So verse 20, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his clothes. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And so here's a few things to think about in regards to reaching out to Jesus. Jesus invites us to reach out to him when we're suffering physically. She's suffering for 12 years. Can you imagine living isolated, physical? There's, um, listen, uh, I'm not a scientist, but the fact that blood can run through our veins like liquid, and as soon as it enters into the air, it, it coagulates, it clots, and that's why we don't bleed to death, right? And there's 20 different proteins that create something called fibrin in your blood, and that's the blood clotting process. So that we, she didn't have that. And so she's constantly bleeding, she's constantly suffering. Um, we know that the, the medical term for this is hemophilia. And so she was a hemophiliac in that way. But you can understand and you can relate with this woman in some way. Maybe you have constant headaches, a constant and chronic backache. You've got some sort of autoimmune disease that the doctors haven't quite figured out. There's some level of suffering that you're feeling physically and so in those moments, what do you do? Now, does God guarantee physical healing on this side of heaven? No. But I believe we, he can do it, and he has done it in my life, and I believe he can do it in your life. And so we call upon the name of Jesus for healing physically. We can also reach out to Jesus when we're strained financially. In Mark, 
Mark's account of the story, the Bible says that she spent all of her money on these doctors and she had no money left. And so here she is, she's dirt poor, doesn't have anything, any resources, and she's needing financial gain. I, I believe that after Jesus healed her, that she was able to be provided for. And so maybe you're struggling financially. Um, it's interesting, in the, in the uh, Jewish Talmud, which is a Jewish religious writing, that doctors in those days didn't need any sort of licensing or any sort of formal training. And so there were all these different things that, that people would do. It was almost like these superstitious uh, spells. For instance, one remedy for stopping bleeding was to take a large duck egg, crack the egg, then burn all of the contents, including the shell, and then take the ashes of that burnt contents and put it in your garments. Not kidding. This is, like a, this is from the Jewish Talmud. There was all kinds of ridiculous little superstitious things that these doctors, kind of like these snake oil doctors, and, and she would keep going to each one of them with hope that this might be the thing that heals her. And she just kept going over and over and over just to be constantly disappointed. Have you ever just been to something in a relationship or in a situation, and finally you just kind of give up because you're going, it's never going to change. And this woman... Imagine and there'd be moments in her life that she felt that way. And then thirdly, we can reach out to Jesus when you're struggling emotionally. Again, she was an outcast, lonely. People didn't, I mean, she didn't have friends. She didn't go out to coffee. She wasn't talking to anybody. Even her own family couldn't go near her. And so she was struggling emotionally. Are you struggling emotionally this morning? Are you struggling with some past trauma that keeps creeping itself up and you're, you're not even know how to, to process it? Uh, maybe you're, you're going through uh, some circumstances in your life that are outside of your control and you feel so overwhelmed that you wake up and you just don't even want to get out of bed and you're struggling emotionally. Guess what? We can reach out to Jesus when we're struggling emotionally. Uh, and, we, and we reach out, you guys, in faith. We reach out not... And here's the thing. It's not like I have a lot of faith and I've mustered up all this faith in this little God who can do something for me. No, I have a mustard grain of faith, just a tiny bit of faith, just this little piece of faith. Why? In a big, huge, large God that can do more than I could ever imagine or expect it. And so we just say, God, just take that little faith that I have and would you do something? Would you be glorified, would you be the healer, and would you be magnified? There's this great verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so Jesus never turns anyone away when, we, when they seek him. He doesn't say, oh, no, I don't have time for you. No, he's, he's inviting you. He's inviting you to pray to him, to seek him, to reach out to him in faith. The second thing that we can learn from the story and the second application is to experience the security of being in God's family. See, there's a security. This, this woman wouldn't have felt secure. She would have felt alone. She would have felt unsafe. 
There were people that she was going to that were supposed to help her, and she was only getting worse. She felt um, like in, in a place of vulnerability. Man, I got no one in my life to look over me and take care of me and protect me. And she's absolutely vulnerable. Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now, it's interesting. This woman, she comes through the crowds. And in the Mark's account, we see that she, he, she touches the edge of his robe and then she backs into the crowd. And he actually calls her out and says, hey, who touched me? Because he actually feels the, the healing energy or healing power from his body, from his soul, literally come out. And, he, he, and I don't know if Jesus knew and he just wanted her to confess that or if he really didn't know. In his humanity, he just felt that he was, he was touched and he was healed, as she was healed. But she, he calls her out and says, hey, who touched me? And she finally comes out and she confesses, hey, I touched you. And she begins to share her story. But I love the fact that he doesn't look at her with shame. He doesn't look at her with contempt. He looks at her with the eyes of a father. He looks at her with the eyes of love. And he looks at her and he says, oh, my daughter, my daughter. Now, it's really, really cool. Um, the, the Greek language is translated into our English language. And so there's this kind of play on words in regards to the story. So when she talks about, I want to just go up and touch him to be healed, the, the Greek word for healed there literally means like a physical healing, like a medical term of being healed physically. When Jesus turns around and says, my daughter, you have been healed, he doesn't use that word, that medical word. He uses the same word that we get from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that by grace you have been saved. So she's looking for physical healing. Jesus looks up and says, my daughter, you have been saved. Isn't that cool? Uses the Greek word sozo, salvation, saved. You, you have been saved. So she comes looking for physical healing with Jesus. Guess what he says? You're my daughter now. You're part of my family. Now you're, gonna be, you're, you're hanging out with me now. You're hanging out with God's people. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And so Ephesians chapter 1, and the, and the coolest part of the story, you know, if we look at the whole Bible, is that God looked at you from the beginning of creation, before you were even created. He looked at you and he chose you. And he says, you're going to be part of my family. And it was for his pleasure. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. I love how the New Living Translation um, puts it. Even before we, he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Like, we, we give God pleasure. We are his creation. We are his... The, and um, Peter talks about, Peter 2.9... 
that we're a royal priesthood, a chosen people. Man, we're like, he looks at us now. He says, I created you to have a relationship so that you can be in my family. And when we're in God's family, there's no better security than that. Man, think about the security she would have felt in that moment. I'm safe now. I'm known now that Jesus, he stops and he sees every single person in the crowd. You came here this morning and you thought, maybe I'm just going to come to church and I'm just going to hang out in the crowd. Guess what? Jesus looks and he sees each one of you because he sees individuals in the crowd. He knows you by name and he loves you. And so that's the, we need to experience that and understand that and realize that. Now the third, um, and actually before I, I start there, I'm gonna, I haven't done this in a while, you guys. I, I kind of thought I would retire from my rap career. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna give you a little bit of a mid-sermon breakdown in regards to this woman. A woman, worn and weak from bleeding for years, her sickness made her an outcast, crying bitter tears. She lived with constant shame, her soul filled with fears. She'd been rejected and forgotten by all of her peers. She spent her money on doctors, only to feel worse. With all this suffering, it must have felt like a curse. She heard of a physician who would not touch her purse. She must see him soon or she'll be riding in a hearse. With all the suffering she had, it must have felt like Job. Her situation so desperate, she's at the end of her rope, pushing her way through the crowd, touching his robe. The time is now to touch the man who could heal her soul. If she doesn't get to Jesus now, her future seems grim. Pushing through the large crowd, the light went dim. Reaching out her hand, she touched the edge of his fringe. Immediately, 12 years of bleeding stopped on a whim. Jesus felt the power from his body and soul go out. He knew someone had touched him in faith and no doubt. This whole experience caused God's son to stop his route. He asked, who touched me? They said, what you talking about? <laughs> That's a little different strokes reference if you're like different strokes. The woman came forward and confessed her faith action. Jesus responded with the most compassionate reaction. He called her daughter, which would be her new caption, and she would live the rest of her life with deep satisfaction. All right. Ooh, that, felt, that was fun. I haven't done that in a while. Thank you for allowing me to live out my inner rapper. That's a... So now point number three is realize God can bring change when all else fails. I love this. When all else fails in your life and you've tried everything, you've listened to every podcast, you've gone to every seminar, you've read every book, you've, you've tried every conversation and you've pursued every professional and whatever thing you're pursuing and you just, you've gone after it and you just, there's not a deep satisfaction. There's actually a deep sense of emptiness. Well, when all else fails, we're gonna circle back around to Jarius for a second here as he's part of the story. Matthew chapter nine, verse 23. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. 
So when somebody died, there was professional mourners sometimes that would come and they would mourn for the, the deceased. And he said, go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand, Jesus. Nobody has defeated death. No, we all die, and once that person stops, their heart start, stops bleeding, you're dead. Jesus has other ideas. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of his, this spread throughout all the region. And you know, I, it's interesting to me that here you have this, this Jewish religious leader who's so desperate to see his daughter healed. And, and can I just say, maybe there's somebody in your life right now that God has put on your heart to lift up to God, to lift up to the heavens and say, I've got a son or a daughter that may not need physical healing, but they need spiritual healing. You've got a friend in your life who doesn't know Jesus Christ and they, they're living their life and you see their life, that everything they've done, and it's just never led to anything. And you're saying, well, I've got the answer and I want to be, and humbly you come to them and just say, Jesus is the answer. And you go to the Father on behalf of these people and you say, Lord, I pray that you would open their hearts and you would take away their blinders and you would help them to understand who you are. See, God has called us as followers to do the same thing that Jarius is doing. He's calling on Jesus to rescue his daughter. And he's called us to be that person, to call on him to rescue whoever it is in your life that needs rescuing. And so when all else fails, Mark chapter five, verse 26, this is the, the woman who was bleeding. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and she had spent all she had yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. What is it today where you, you need Jesus' healing touch? You need his hand in your life because all else has failed. Maybe you're saying, Lord Jesus, would you just come in and you would touch this marriage? This marriage, Lord, Lord that has become a, just not even a friendship. We don't even sleep in the same area. We don't even talk to each other anymore. It's just probably more convenient to stay married, but we don't even like each other. God, would you resurrect that marriage? Would you touch that marriage today? Lord, for some of you, you're, you're struggling with some emotional issue, and you're saying, God, I need your touch emotionally. God, I need your touch in regards to this addiction. And I've got this situation in my life that just keeps causing me to stumble, causing me shame and guilt, and I feel powerless over this. And you say, Lord Jesus, I need your power to overcome this addiction in my life. And you just begin to reach out. What is it in your life? Maybe it is physical healing. Maybe there's something in your life. Where you go, I just, I almost have stopped praying because I don't even believe that God can heal or do this in my life because I've asked so many times and he hasn't answered my prayer. And so I just feel defeated. If you're here today, let's reach out to Jesus one more time. So we're just going to reach out to Jesus today as a church. And what I've done is I've invited some, some folks to come to the front of the stage and to the sides, and we're just going to have some people in our congregation that are going to be available for you to pray. 
Um, and, and so during the song, I'm going to invite you guys to come up here. But I'm going to invite you right now, like if you're in that place and you're just needing prayer, you know, that woman, she was, she was kind of embarrassed. She didn't want to be called out. That's why she came to Jesus and she touched the, the fringe of his robe in secret. Well, here's the deal. God can heal you at, in your seat as you pray to him in faith. Um, maybe there's just somebody around that you know is a, a strong Christian. You want them to pray for you. And maybe I didn't invite you to come and pray, but you're saying you're just feeling led by the Spirit, and you just go, I'm going to look around for somebody to pray for today. But whatever it looks like, I'm also going to invite some of you to come out of the crowd and, you, and just come to the front of the stage, to come to the side, and to be prayed for. Guys, this is, um, this is like, I feel like this is going to be one of the most powerful times of the service right here. And yeah, you might be a little embarrassed, but you know what? You, you, you say, I'm more desperate for healing than I am embarrassed that somebody might see me, that that would be your heart towards Jesus today. And so I'm going to invite you. So as the, as the band comes up and as the music starts playing, I'm going to invite, if you've... Um, if you know about this, you could just come up to the front of the stage. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit then do the work. We're going to let the Holy Spirit guide and do what he's going to do. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this picture of, of Jarius and the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. And Lord, we look at both of their situations. They're both desperate for you. God, I, I just admit to you, Lord, that I'm desperate, Lord. As a church, we're desperate for you. We need your healing touch. God, I thank you, Lord, that you turned around and you said, daughter. You welcomed her into your family. I pray right now, Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you personally, that they would say, Jesus, I reach out to you in faith and believe that you died on the cross for me and I receive your salvation. That, Lord, you turn around and you say, son, or you say, daughter, Welcome into my family. Thank you for that. But I also pray right now for those that they're, they're needing something, God. They just need to reach through the crowd and touch the, the edge, the hem of your robe, Lord. I pray right now that as a church, God, we would reach out to you in faith and believe that, God, you are powerful enough to enter into whatever situation that we're struggling with and going through. And that, God, you can bring the restoration that we desire. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.